Welcome back to another episode of Bush's Board Game Thing, the weekly podcast uh, much about the uh, ups and downs of life that uh, surround the board games that you play as the board games themselves. And speaking of ups and downs, we've had our ups and downs this week, welcoming Eloise and Brian uh, to the chat. As Brian, you've, uh, we're delaying recording this because you were supposedly uh, redecorating, redecorating your parents' lounge. And you went over bugs. Is that a euphemism? It that sounds a euphemism? like a euphemism. Is that a euphemism. Did it go over bugs? If you over, want it to be what it can be, but that's yeah. weird. So. Yeah. What happened? Why, why are we recording this so many days late? Because of well, the lounge? Uh, well, because what happened was I initially, in a typical builder fashion, I went round, I estimated, yeah, I'll take three days. Three days, yeah, got to do that, got to do that, yeah, yeah. A uh, little tip, if you're ever talking to a tradesperson, uh, say say the word mill and they'll they'll respect you. You just go, yeah. What's that about? Six, six mil, about seven mil joint there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good yeah. point. I we had um, a guy come and do our radiators, and I made the mistake of calling them radiators in front of him. Well, we all know they're called rads. Rads. Get a couple rads. of rads. Yeah, you just connect that rad to the main couple line the there. You'll be Bob's your uncle. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because it's an extent. It's a spur off the main one, isn't yeah. it? But one thing about our parents' houses. They love to tile things. If they could, they tile the walls, they tile the ceiling. But the the entire the entire house is tiled, right? <laughs> the entire house is tiled. There's not a carpet to be seen in the entire place. Um, it has the vibe. I don't, I don't, you know when you go on a self-catering holiday to Magaluf? <laughs> yeah, everything's You know how everything's clean. tiled there? Because they tile everything in a hot country. It's like that. It makes the house very echoey. And what I found also very, very uh, off-putting was my uh, dad will often go to bed a bit earlier than my mum. My mum will stay downstairs, and she he she will watch television yeah. quite loud. With it, you know, as you get older, you have put the TV on loud. He will watch television upstairs quite loud, but they're both watching two separate things, right? <laughs> and then where I was decorating in the front room, it's like how can I explain it? You know, um, is it the horn of the horn of Africa where the Atlantic Sea? and the Pacific Sea meet, right. and it churns up massively. The two competing television volumes were meeting at that point where I was recording, and it just is a horrible cacophony of, do you of, what, of echoey do you know what they need to do? I mean, you know, parents <laughs> get into these weird situations, don't they, where they end up doing weird stuff, because I think you get to a certain age, you don't care anymore. But you know our friend Pete, Pete Donaldson, uh, lovely Pete Donaldson, I remember him telling me that his mum and dad couldn't agree on the TV volume. They're in the same lounge together, so they've got their own <laughs> head uh, pair of Bluetooth headphones no. to watch the TV in the lounge. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, your like parents, if your parents do weird stuff tell us about it uh, on our instagram at board game thing so i'll give you one right yeah. my mum likes to wear um sliders flip-flops and stuff but doesn't like having cold feet as well so what she does she cuts the toes off her socks <laughs> oh, oh, and then wears flip-flops i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna be sick I'm it's unbelievable sick. Uh, you can get in touch with us on uh, our board game thing Instagram at board game thing. We've had a lovely message in from a guy called Paul Turner, who says, uh, "Guys, I found an old original Crossfire in my mum's loft. An epic childhood memories uh, being rediscovered, along with some painful finger injuries as well." He's playing it with the kids. Do you remember Crossfire, the game that was heavily advertised oh, in the eighties? My God, that no. that wouldn't be allowed in today's health and health and safety society. Did it? Am I right in thinking it had? actual ball bearings as part of the yeah, game. Yeah, you fired these ball bearings. It's like a long... You know, sometimes you can go into these posh East London pubs and they've got like a... It's like a long, thin, wooden, uh, polished 
table game that you slide stuff along whilst drinking craft beer that's seven quid. Have you have you have you been to oh, one yeah, of those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it called shuffleboard or something like that? I don't know, but um, it's a little bit like that. But you fire ball bearings at each other. He's playing it with his kids there. A lot of those games from like the late seventies, early eighties were. There's just no health and safety going on there at all. Bush's board game thing. Uh, so this week, let's just get to this week if we can. This week's episode of Board Game Thing is all about water games, right? Not that, oh. no, not that kind of stuff. Not that kind of thing. Board games to do with the sea or underwater or above water, that kind of thing. Before we get into the game that we played this week, speaking of water, what are your views on swimming pools and what's your favourite type of swimming pool? Oh, I think I'm more of, I'm not a lane person because I'm not very a fast swimmer. I think I would be more of a, if I had my own in my garden, I would use it, but I'm not that keen. There's something about going back to school and seeing enough of my school friends in those Veruca socks that's put me off for life. And do you know what? You used to have to dip your feet in the foot bath. Did yeah. you ever do that? Oh, so I don't know like, if they do that anymore now. It's weird. They've oh, got rid of the foot I don't, What's in the foot bath? Like, why would you have to go in that? Well, like, Veruca, Veruca water. Are Veruca still yeah. a thing? Do people no, still have Veruca? No, yeah. in there, surely. Uh, Brian, favourite type of swimming pool? Oh, your classic rectangle swimming pool. Olympic size, thank you very much. I don't like I don't like these pools that have weird shapes to them. I want to be able to do lanes back and forth, back and forth, oh, back so and forth. Oh, it's so boring. Breast- mate. None of this breaststroke either. I'm a, I'm a strictly a front crawl man. I'm, I'm breaststroke. I'm old school no. breast- breaststroke Me with... Too. You know, my, I swim like my mum does in the same style like a golden retriever would do with head out of the water <laughs> and just the base of my hair dipping in the bottom of the, uh, yeah. the, the wake. And oh, actually, right. it's I'd love quite to painful. see you doing the breaststroke. But what about lanes? Because you can go to like a, a pool near work and there's all dead serious swimmers in there. And one guy yeah. went past me once because it's all about overtaking people and burning them off, isn't it? He went past me, had flippers on his hands. What? I hate those people. Flippers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Hand flippers. It's like, a resi- it's like resistance training. It makes you stronger, apparently. Yeah. But you just look like an absolute idiot. I'm probably like slow swimmer, just about keep it up in the in the medium pool. But you get these fast people coming. They just want to do overtaking and humiliate people. No, I think it's precisely the opposite. I think you're in the wrong lane. So you should, I think people like you should be in the slower lane. No. I often go in the fast lane because obviously I'm a great swimmer, uh, and there's people in there that should be in the medium lane or or actually really the slow So you lane. are fast lane level swimmer, you reckon? Uh, yeah, yeah. And do you know what happens? Do you know what really, do you know what really, really annoys me? <laughs> Lifeguard doesn't say Not yet, they don't get involved. They should be policing, never mind saving children from drowning, they should be policing the lane swimming and telling people that are in the fast lane to go to the slow Give lane. Give them a ticket. And meanwhile, you've got people like, dinner ladies like you that are just hey. doing their breaststroke. All right, one last question on this whilst you're, you're sledging my swimming. If you're so Mr. Fast Lane Swimmer, when you get to the end yeah. of the, the pool, do you yeah. touch it, turn around while standing up and go back again? Or do you do underwater Duncan Goodshoe like a... The spinny thing. Spinny thing. Do you do the spinny yeah, thing? the spinny thing. The spinny thing. I can do the spinny oh, thing, yeah, right. but, but, but I don't because that's one step too... That, for me, in my book, that's one step too far. <laughs> that's the BMW driver of the, <laughs> the swimming lanes. Uh, so look, speaking of games about water, we played, um, real, real honour to play this game. I had this game when I was a kid. It hurt me somewhat to see that it's the 30th anniversary edition of it, which, you know, when you get like an age on something, like an album that you like, and then, oh, that was 35 years ago, you're like, uh, anyway, it's called Escape from Atlantis. You've got to try and get off the island before it sinks. And this is what happened when we played it. 
This is Escape from Atlantis. In the early 20th century, a time of exploration and adventure, the mysterious island of Atlantis has been discovered in the middle of the ocean, and there are rumours of riches there. So it's not like... Can I just ask a question? Can I just ask a question? Yeah. So I know that I, you know, it's bad for me to do that. You're trying to explain the game. It's bad form, but surely you're not trying to escape from the island of Atlantis. You're trying to f- discover the island of Atlantis because everyone's always banging on about the lost city of Atlantis. It's been discovered in, like, according to this, like 1986 or something like that. Really? But yeah. Where would it be? Where, let's just say... Eloise has to pick hypothetically where Atlantis is being discovered. Where is it? The Bermuda Triangle. In the Bermuda Triangle. I reckon it's in the South End Estuary. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Just off the edge of the pier. There's riches, but there's a catch. Um, it's sinking. Oh. As Atlantis tends to do. So we're annoying in it because it's like pops up and then it starts sinking again. So uh, if you look on the board here, uh, you've got all our different coloured little meeples. We haven't played a game with meeples in it for ages. You move your explorers. You can move a combination of three spaces. So it might be uh, one, two, and then into a boat, and then the boat one. So you're trying to get them back to the island and safe. Uh, then you remove a terrain tile. So this is the island sinking. And you can remove, you have to remove a tile that's adjacent to the sea. So you can dump other players' uh, tokens in the water and they then have to swim to get a boat and all that kind yeah. of stuff. The sea is a cruel, cruel mistress, isn't it? Do you think you could swim across the channel or anything like that? You could swim out, you two? You have to duck fat up, don't you? I'd, I'd like the idea of that. You can drop this guy any any vacant sea space. I'm going to take your boat out then. Oh my gosh, that good play from Eloise, bang. My boat is destroyed and so is my sailor. Now just to show you what I was talking about earlier on, if he managed to make it back to land, at the end of the game I turn him over and he's worth one point. So you're trying to hide from the other players what your kind of uh, points are. Oh, I see, so you've got VIPs that you want to get off the island as quick as you can. And it might be that you use use one of your guys as a a decoy. And they start chasing him, but you get the real VIP off the island. I like it. I like it. Right, guys. Guys, 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 guys. Let let me tell you how my strategy for this game is going to go. I'm taking a very fatalistic view of this game. Have you guys seen Armageddon? Yes. You know when uh, Steve Buscemi goes mad and he wants them all to die with him on the asteroid? That's me. I want everyone to die on the island. So I'm going to try and just take out as many of you as I can and not even try and get off the island. I think that's your MO in real life as well, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, dolphin. Eloise has got a dolphin. Oh, I think I'm saved. (laughs) A dolphin comes to help one of your swimmers. Would you ever swim with dolphins? Would you ever do that? I don't know if I would. I always find dolphins are like playing the game, but deep down, I think if they were given half a chance, they'd knock you out or try and take you to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, psychopaths. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, they know what's going on. We can't go into it because this is a family podcast. They get up to some really, really dodgy stuff. They do. I've seen that that fish YouTube. Okay, let's go back round to uh, Eloise. It's your turn. Which tile would you like to sink? Eloise, do you want to join my death cult and come and bring about the apocalypse quicker? Will I get out of it? Well, just eternal salvation and to see the god of Atlantis before anyone else. Nah, you're right. Oh, Fred. Not interested. She's quite into, into getting off the island. Eloise, let's move three. So I presume you want to get these two guys on to... Land. Get them to land. There you go. Eloise has saved two people. Then you pick a tile to sink into the sea. It's got to be a beach one because there's still beach ones left. That beach one with Brian on it, the blue one. Yeah, I don't mind. Bring about the apocalypse even sooner. Brian goes into the drink. Shark. Oh, yes. Eat me. Eat me, oh Lord of Atlantis. (laughs) Okay, it's my turn. I'm, now we're into the mountain uh, tiles because there's not that much stuff left. <gasps> and would you believe it? Yes. Yes. Volcano. Why are you happy yes. about that? Why are you happy about that, Brian? He just wants the world to burn. Can I just say, if you, people obviously listening to this can't see the state of the board. 
you've managed to kill pretty much every single person you've got. Not one person has made it back to dry land. Listen, mate, they knew what they signed up for when they joined my Atlantis cult. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see the final scores. Brian has no people, so you haven't you haven't rescued anyone. <laughs> I've got 13 points. Eloise, who's got more meeples than me, but let's see if she's got it. <laughs> Eloise's got 9, 10, 11. So I just sneak it by a couple of points. Oh. This is That's the, the beauty of the game. You can have more people rescued, but it's down to the values on their little bottoms. Can I just say, all my remaining surviving meeples have all gathered together on one tile. Uh, we're watching the lava come towards us. We're all going to drink our Kool-Aid and go to Atlantis Valhalla or, or whatever. So bye-bye. What's your final goodbye? The coup de grace is that I turn to them and I tell them all it was a lie. I was just having a laugh. There is there is no God of Atlantis. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're all very angry. <laughs> Escape from Atlantis, part of the um, Survive series from Stronghold Games. What did everyone think of it? I loved it. I did Even too. Even though I sort of went against the grain with it. So, I mean, this is the Survive series. So they've got a Survive um, uh, space attack type thing. I was just thinking, I like the idea of that. Put survive before anything and see whether it makes a, a legit game. Is there anything you think would make a good survive thing in life? Uh, survive a hot tub sex party. Okay. You've got to go around because that's a water-based game. It is water-based, yeah, yeah. You've, yeah. Got, you've got to avoid the swingers trying to lure you into their tangled web of deceit. And, but you've turned up though. You're, uh, you're at the party though, right? You've already gone. I just thought it was a I just thought it was a bog standard party. I didn't realise there was going to be. I didn't even bring swimmers. <laughs> what about survive IKEA at the weekend parking? Oh my god, oh, that's a good one. Uh, survive small talk. Yes, some, yeah. Just try and avoid. Just try and avoid it. Survive in all its forms. Survive on in the small talk one. Survive bumping into someone you know on a tube journey that you then have to talk to. Oh, and, and you've got something saved on Netflix that you wanted to watch. Uh, pretend, pretend you're listening to the. Pretend you're listening intently with your eyes closed to some music on your. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate, didn't see yeah, you there. Yeah, that. how are you? Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. So when was it? Six, sixth form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, just going back to the game. One of the things that would I'd recommend it to anyone though is it's dead simple. All the instructions are on the back of the tile, so you know exactly what you're doing. It doesn't take very long to set up. And I love the kind of thing where the finale that you'll have heard, Eloise looked like she was absolutely running away with it and had rescued loads of people. Mm. Brian just obviously hadn't rescued anyone. They'd all died. Um, I had fewer people, (laughs) but I had higher numbers on the basis of my meeples. And I would like to, having said that word meeple again, I would like to reiterate Eloise's question, why are they called meeples? We need to find out, don't we? Yeah, I'd love to know. At board game thing to get involved. Can I ask you one other thing about water before we kind of jump into the next bit of this podcast? Please do. One other thing about water. Do either of you two remember sea monkeys? Yeah. The toy from the 80s. Remember sea monkeys? I never got any, but they were always in the back of comics I used to read. So you you get this advert in the back of a comic, like 2000 AD, or like a joke shop comic or whatever, and it promised um, to you to be able to create this little... uh, civilization of tiny little creatures that were in a packet you pour them into the water leave it for uh, overnight and in the morning they're then driving around in little cars or having dinner with each other and stuff like that have you do you remember was that how it was presented to you as kids Uh, yeah and they used to talk about it on tv shows so you were like celebrities have it celebrities have sea monkeys and the and the Mm. uh the the pot you used to get had a big bit of kind of uh, magnifying glass on the front so you could maybe look into their flats Whilst yeah. having their tea. The ones I used to see on the adverts for, is it just me or did they have did they have crowns on? Or one yeah. of them, like there was a king sea monkey and he had a crown <laughs> yeah. on. 
I would say in this day and age, trade the Trade Description Act wouldn't let people get away with that. No, it's, it's a good point. Saying. When you actually got the sea monkeys, they were just like um, dirty little disgusting plankton bacteria, bacteria yeah. Like, yeah. eating mud and stuff like that as well. It looked sh- like dust in the water. Yeah, uh, uh, the kind of thing a, a whale would gob back out again thinking, I'm not eating that. <laughs> if you remember sea monkeys, you have any, I, I think they might still be going, I'm not 100% sure. Do let us know about it. You can drop us a message on Instagram at boardgamething or podcast at zatu.co.uk. Now, we got a request last week for Eloise to provide the board game character backstory to uh, uh, a very famous character from one of the gaming world's most beloved games. Uh, and Eloise, it's time to deliver. Please fill us in on uh, what the mission was this week. Okay. I can't remember who the listener was. Apologies. But they asked about a Catan robber. Right. So the robber in Catan. If you roll a certain number, you get to rob stuff. Yeah. Right. I think this is the real first test for you, Eloise, because in the past you've had like visual visual cues. Like last week we did the operation guy. Yeah. yeah. The week before that we did the mastermind guy. And sometimes you, you've managed to get a bit of folklore that you've got from message boards here and there. Yes. But this is the first proper, like, you commission. No picture it's of a your, commission. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you have to flesh this out yourself. This is your first ever full character. Go on, take Go it away. Go for it, Eloise. I've decided that his name is Rob, by the way. Um, Rob the so robber. You know. Rob the yeah. robber. Yeah. <laughs> A bit on the nose, okay. but yeah, no, no, yeah, fair, yeah, enough. Fine. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit Disney, it's a bit like Donald Duck. Yeah, that's fine. fine. That's fine. Well, so as we all know, well, I don't actually know this because I've never played Catan. Um, right. But if you roll a seven, you activate the robber, and he gets up to all sorts of mischief and yeah. robs all of your resources. Um, but the question is, what led him to this point? Good life of crime. Backstory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How did like, he... a, like you can imagine there'd be a prequel. This would be like a gritty prequel yes. about Catan. His origin story. So how did he become a, a thief? His origin lives... story. Uh, what did I say? I said origin. You said his origin. Ori- origin story. Yeah, origin. Origin. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> the penny just dropped. Anyway. Um, so what led to him becoming a thief in the woods? An outlaw. A bad boy. A little ragamuffin. Um, well, actually, he was the Lord of Catan. You didn't know that, I oh. bet, did you? Um, he had one yeah. of the biggest settlements on the island, but he had a problem. He was right. a kleptomaniac. Oh, dude. Right. He started off small. Uh, you know, it was just amulets in gift shops, a goblet here and there. Entry one of those flattened stuff. pennies yeah. you get. Chewing gum. Just yeah. what? Just because he could. Just because he didn't even need it. Just because he made him feel alive. Yeah. He just... It, got him going you know it made him feel Key that rings. he could ha- take on the world and that's what happened basically because it got worse he then went to timber and coal and bricks and iron right. and uh, it's very hard to shoplift iron on the sly I don't know if you've ever tried it but it's did, he, did, he, did he ever try drive and- around in a white van and take people's bikes off their out of their garden and then sell it for money for iron and stuff as well do you ever yeah, do that yeah took it to the scrap metal yeah. yards do church, church roofs and stuff, and stuff and then try and take it back to the shop and say oh I've lost my receipt yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry and then try and get money for it yeah he made them faulty first because yeah. then the trading standards laws are a little bit different so you don't need to have a receipt right. so it was, That's it was a good point. easier it's a medieval society of yeah, course yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly um, so uh, yeah one the peasants got angry and disposed of him so he was took to the woods and, and back and to the backwaters of Catan and he lived as a full-time robber. 
Um, he would send letters to unsuspecting Catan citizens telling them that they are having a parcel at the Catan post office but right. they need to pay extra postage. <laughs> Classic. Um, oh, he's not doing that, is he? So I like the way he diversified. He diversified yeah. into Was he the first well. to do that? Because yeah. it'd be yeah, text yeah. these days, wouldn't it? Yeah, of yeah. course. Amazing. Uh, he also asked, you know, said that he came into some money right. and asked if someone would help him by front in the costs yeah. and to then release they get the funds. Like, he's a prince yeah. I'm a prince in, in the other side of Catan exactly yeah. um, and he also recently appeared on Catan Police Interceptors oh. on ITV4 <laughs> the show where Catan cops chase and stop people who go fast on their rocks and carts um, he was doing oh Tokyo God. Drifts on one of the was coast it? roads as oh. well yeah Oh, unbelievable! Can you do you do you know just in your backstory whether his ox and cart was street legal or had he dropped had dropped, he dropped it. the suspension I think he dropped it. so it was lower? Yeah, get... and he'd put really massive tires on as well, so yeah. the, oh the alignment was a little bit off. So they meet they meet why. down the port, don't they? There's a big car park down the port, and they all line up with yeah, their cars and bonnets open, rev and stuff. And they do they the rev bouncing. Their they do you know the bouncing tires as well? Oh, they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Bell bottom jeans. Hip with the girls. So I was trying and to that, that. And that's it, basically. So, um... wow, you've really give, you've really fleshed old Rob the Robber out. It was a it was a poor start, I thought, just with the really bad alliteration. But after that, got so better. So the, the story would be called uh, the Robber from Catan. How did she say origins again? Because I can't even say it wrong myself. <laughs> the origin. <laughs> origins. The origins. Am uh, I saying it as Americans would say it? I don't you need know. To ask Kiala. Kiala Settle, if you're listening to this, is Eloise is going to say it now. Is this how Americans say origins? Origin. Okay. It's a bit how they say uh, aluminium and they say aluminum. Yeah. Aluminum. Aluminum. Now that you've said it in an American accent, I think that I'm I'm definitely wrong, but it sounds even more wrong. So. Um, if you would like Eloise to do a backstory for a board gaming character you feel needs a bit more of a story fleshed out, get in touch with us now. Uh, at board game thing or a podcast at zatu.co.uk. Just some other games about the sea that people might like want might want to try. We we tried Survive Escape from Atlantis, an old classic from 30 years ago. There's a brand new version from Stronghold Games. Other ones. I've been playing a game at the moment called Sleeping Gods, which is one of the greatest games I've played in ages. Uh, it's a storytelling game where you um, have like a picture book that you. Uh, uh, move through and uh, read these cards and, and an adventure unfolds. You manage a crew of a ship who've all got different skills from like a chef to a uh, warrior and all this kind of stuff. Beautifully drawn. The art on it is fantastic, but it's about this kind of mythology of the sea. I would hugely recommend that. It's just come out of Kickstarter. should be available for retail soon. Nemo's War is another one of my favourite games. This is a solo game. You play it one player, but it's it uh, takes... Who wrote uh, Nemo? I'm going to be uh, really thick. It was uh, Disney Pixar. Was mate. it Disney yeah. Pixar? <laughs> yeah, Disney Pixar. But the clownfish, yeah? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Nemo, that's a good point. It could be some kind of battle uh, thing. It's Jules Verne. Jules Verne. Jules so it's taking his story and taking it to the next level. You kind of like, you choose your path and skulk around and try and sink the ships that are sent to hunt you down and make scientific discoveries and manage the crew and all that kind of thing. Very cool. New game out called Dive, which has got beautiful transparent cards. You try and work out what's at the bottom of the sea through looking by looking through the cards in terms of its transparency. Like a glass bottom like, boat. So, like when you go on a Greek holiday with your family, go on a glass bottom boat yeah. tour, and it's exactly like that. Oh, look, I can see a plaster, and there's, there's a carrier bag. Is that a hypodermic needle? Uh, underwater, <laughs> underwater cities, that's another good one. Uh, backstory to this, Earth's got too crowded. I mean, this is a good point, right? Earth's got too crowded, so they start to develop 
you know, little biomes at the bottom of the sea where people live. It's another big, you know, disappointment of, of science in 2021. We talked about robots being not that very, not much cop the other week. But like, why aren't we living below the sea in little glass pods? It would be brilliant down there, wouldn't it? Because it'd be, it's awful. There's no daylight. And, you know, look, there's no scenery to look at, just darkness. No, no, but you're looking out the window and the, there's fish the going by. I mean, you've been to one of those walk-through bits in a zoo when you've got penguins and stuff. You can walk yeah, underneath but when you're Yeah, when, when you're at the bottom of the sea, there's no light. It's dark. You can light it up. And you get those horrible fish that have um, that have lights on the top of their head and they just eat you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. it's a good point. The fish that are at the bottom of the sea are an absolute disgrace, aren't they? The state of them. It's just awful. Uh, two more real quick ones. Forgotten Waters, uh, all about pirates. You work together against the clock to uh, have adventures and then we mentioned this the other week and I feel like we've got to play it at some point I, I don't know whether Eloise would be up for this but we, we could try and convince her there's a game called Dominant Species Marine which is about life at the very beginning of like the dinosaur era and you have to create a species of animal ba- at the bottom of the ocean based on the environment and then fight to survive a little bit like the uh, origin of species and all that kind of thing against other the other players animals and creatures but it, it dolphins were monkeys that didn't like the sea exactly there you go there are some games that you might want to check out all about the sea um andy can i ask you can i ask you a question you know about games more than me uh what's a good submarine game because i think there's there's basically three genres of films four genres of films that i like there's a uh, westerns yep. there's prison movies uh there's war movies and then there's submarine movies i love a good submarine i have movie. got possibly the greatest submarine board game of all time it's one player it's called hunters you play as the uh u-boats trying to hunt allied shipping during the second world war uh in in the atlantic and you basically it's like procedural so you roll these dice you you move your submarine around you go h- hunting and lurking weird things can happen on board like uh you, you can end up getting like hunted down by planes and uh have problems with the crew and get injured and all that kind of stuff. But you tell it, you write it down. So you tell the story, you make a little, almost like a narrative of it as it goes through, but it's completely one player. So you're kind of creating the story in your head, but it's called the hunters made by GMT games. And it is fantastic. So I'd recommend that. Um, I, I know it's probably not part of the game, but can you do the old, the it's quite, old hard, it's quite hard to do a submarine. Yeah, I can't sound. do. It. I tried. I thought you know. I thought what? you were going to be able to do that. Well, then, yeah. Thought thought, thought I was going to do it, but it just it didn't work. I did. The, <laughs> I popped my cheeks really well, but like, hang on. Boom. No, I just, um, cannot do it. Let, that absolute. Let me try. Let me try. Apologies. No, I'll give it a go. Give it a go. Submarine noise. Here we go. Pew. No, that's even worse. That is no, it. that's that's even, that's terrible. <laughs> Eloise, can you do a submarine like a you know the 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 sonar ping? Yeah. Um. Wow, that's... that was actually quite good. Fair play to you there. Is yeah. it better? Fair that play was, to you. Yeah, yeah, that was better. Oh, it's not. I mean, it's not good, but it's better than our ones. Uh, on that bombshell, it's time for Brian's board game fact of the week. Brian's board game fact of the week. You've been doing so well these last few weeks, Brian. She's in your head already again. Straight away. Look at that. It's like it's Eloise's sledging. Eloise's sledging is a little bit like when a, a batsman walks out to bat in an international cricket tournament and it's just a couple of words from the wicketkeeper on the way past. That's what it is. <laughs> right, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. I've got one. This is a good one. It's about the sea. It's about pirates, right? This is a great fact. If you're down the pub uh, and you want to impress your friends and you go, oh, I'll tell you what, you know, actually, actually, you know, when you start it with actually, actually. So pirates, pirates wore eye patches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Famously, they often had uh, peg legs. That was because often 
hit by splinters from cannon fire. But the oh, reason why do you think they had why do you think why do you think they had uh, eye patches? Because um, it's for distance. Or it not not quite because they would always accidentally spike themselves with their swords. Well, no, because they often had hooks for hands and they go to scratch yeah, their eyes oh, and they poke their eyes. Like that. Like that. Like that. Uh, I know. Um, it was it's because. Light. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, what would happen is, you know, when you go in, uh, Andy, you know this because you're, you've got, I think you wear reactor lights, don't you? I, well, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. my mum and dad. You wear yeah. reactor yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you've got that sort of grey maths teacher sort of style film. Just on your change glasses. when you come in and out of, uh, you know, outdoors or yeah, indoors. Yeah. yeah, so when you go in from the light to the dark, your eyes find it really hard to adjust. It's why snipers often go round with their eye, one, one eye shut. Um, Do they? If they were on. Like that. You can tell a, a sniper because they've got their eye shut. Yeah, because he looks like a pirate. Um, if you are on a ship and you have to get, you have to go below deck. Obviously, there's no, there's not much natural light. It's very gloomy down there, so they'd have to go down and maybe sort out the cannon, t- the cannon teams to fire on a on an enemy ship. When they went down, they'd be like, "Oh God, where am I? What's going on?" And they'd probably fall over, or whatever. So what they would do is they would just lift their eye patch up, or they'd switch it over, and then their eye that was accustomed to the dark, they could get on with their business. Wow, that's some. So that is amazing. I didn't actually know. Do you think Gabrielle, the singer, had the same thing? I don't think she was a pirate. No, okay. I don't know uh, who she was or not. Yeah. She, she could just, have been yeah, a sniper. She could have been a sniper. She she could have been a sniper, yes. That is an amazing... <laughs> there you go. That's the fact, fact of the that's week. That's really good. What do you think? I love that one. Marks out of 10, Eloise? Uh, well, I, I sort of knew it. Sort of knew it. Unbelievable. Um, sort of knew it. Very good work, Brian. I like that a lot. <laughs> no, it was good. Well done. Let's let's shifty onto the pitch where you guys get to pitch a board game to us that's never been invented yet and may be invented. If if any other game designers or companies are listening to this, they could pick up your idea. This one has been sent in by the fantastic Lisa. Hi, board game thing. I'm Lisa Remus, and my board game idea is called Who Wants to Be a Milliner? Rival hat-making apprentices compete for the almost literal crown. Making hats is hard. There are lots of stages to work through to make the final product. From carving the block to steaming your cinema, have you got what it takes? What about that? A game based on making the best hat. I love that. What hat? If you were to make yeah. a hat, right, you're allowed to make any hat, what hat are you making? I consider myself a, a hat, uh, someone that suits hats. Right. Eloise, how long have we known each other? Oh, 14 years. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've never, never once seen you wear a hat. I can't. I, I've never once seen you wear a hat. So don't come to me and I say, do. "Oh, you're my hat person." What I hats? Wear- what hats you got then, Eloise? You're wearing hats left. Wait right. there. Wait oh, there. I'm oh, just going to get. Go. I've got actually a pile of hats here. Pile of hats. I don't look good in hats. I look like um. I look like I haven't got yeah. long left if I want to wear a hat. This is ready for moving. I've got my hat stored up, ready. So is it your moving? Is it your moving hat? Well, actually, I've got two. Oh. They're pretty much identical. All right, Michael Jackson. Oh, I don't like. I, I, don't I look like, like this. Indiana Jones. Anyways, um, I, but mm. it's I, like a ten-gallon hat. <laughs> but I would really love to wear a cowboy hat, and because I want to look like Dolly Parton. So, right. if I could make any hat, it would be a rhinestoned, bedazzled cowboy hat, maybe with some tassels. Okay, quite. I would quite wear that all the day. 
Yeah. Brian, what kind of hat would you mm. make? Your hat for you walking around. Uh, I always, whenever we're watching period dramas, I always say to my wife, "Why can you get me a pair of pantaloons? I'd love to wear pantaloons, or I'd love to wear like, you know, like the puffy blouses that men would wear in the 1500s with like a like a leather corset. I'd love to wear that, but I just haven't got the balls for it. But what I would, my favourite hat of all time is the old uh, Charles Dickens style stovepipe hats. Yeah, you know the ones that like a top hat, but there's a little bit of a kink in the side. The the sort of hat that the cat in the hat. Whoa. Oh, one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going yeah. Down, going down the history theme, I would like the, you know, like the Cardinal Wolsey type hat. I'd like one of those kind of, do you know what I mean? Oh, a mitre. Yeah, like a mitre. Like a mitre. I would like a mitre. Just to, just to add gravitas yeah. when walking around doing the big shop. Yeah, or a fez. Or I've always like a fez. Fez would be nice. You look good in a fez. Yeah. Um, uh, Lisa, fantastic. Thank you so much for your brilliant game suggestion. You have won yourself a much-coveted Zatu dice tray. That is it for another episode of uh, Bush's Board Game Thing. What's everyone doing for the rest of the day? Brian, what are you doing? I'm going to hit the pool again, probably do about 300 lengths or something. With your flippers on? Probably. Uh, Eloise? Yeah, probably. going to just try on the rest of the hats you've got in a bag inexplicably next year? <laughs> yeah, I might just start making... This game doesn't exist yet, but I might just start making one anyways. So. It's good. It's a hell of a good game. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep an eye out on social media. We'll be posting some of the photos from some of the hijinks of what we've been up to today at Board Game Thing. And you can check out Zatu's website for a lot of the games we've been talking about in this episode as well. Uh, until the next time, you've been listening to Bush's Board Game thing and we'll see you in the next one.